here. Bird Show. So my son Hayden turned 21, and we celebrated last week. I can't believe it, man. 21. How is it possible I have a son that's 21? I mean, that is how time works. Well, I'm only 32. Oh, yeah. So when you do the math on it, it doesn't really make a whole bunch of sense. But that's what I'm going with. Yes, sir. So when I look at my relationship with my son and specifically socially, I do tend to fall back to your relationship, Abby, with your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you guys are really at an age right now where it's really kind of cool to have adult kids. It makes me feel old, but it really is a very different relationship, right? Like, I see you and your mom out all the time. You guys are cutting it up. You're like friends. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to see how our relationship has changed because, believe me, like, it has not always been that way. Like, I can remember vividly, like, being in high school and her looking at my report card and being like, you're going to end up working on the side of the road. Um, (laughs) And now it's great that we've gotten to the point where we've gotten past those awful teenage hormonal years to where we can share, like, a glass of Sauvignon Blanc and... I'm going to see her this weekend for my cousin's bachelorette. It's going to be great. So uh, I took him out with um, his uncle, his aunt, his grandmother, uh, and his cousin on Thursday night when I was in Savannah. I was off. Um, And uh, it was our first couple of drinks in America. (laughs) We had a couple of drinks while we were in Japan because the drinking age is a little bit less. But um, I gave him a couple of different drinks, and then I put him to bed. It was three. (laughs) You tucked him in? What's that? You tucked him in? I pretty much tucked him in. What time was it? Uh, He was back in his place by 9 o'clock. Nine o'clock. Celebrating his twenty first. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I do let him. I love it too. He's just not like that. He'll never be that guy. You know, I've told you guys that he's got social anxiety. He's just an introvert. He's like, you know, your typical anime kid. He would rather be online with his friends than in person with his friends. So coming on out and hanging out with the family and having a couple of drinks was really sort of a stretch for him anyway. So by the time I got there, because I drove specifically right into town and then we started having dinner and they were already there, I guess the bartender found out that he was 21. So they gave him a gin, ginger, and something really, really sweet drink, which he just downed because he couldn't taste the alcohol. (laughs) So he just crushes that. And then the bartender comes around also again, and, you know, Hayden says the worst thing you can say to a bartender on your 21st birthday, I'm not feeling anything. Oh, oh God. Oh. He's, he's learning a lot of lessons <laughs> this day. Right? So now challenge is on, and I'm wondering what strong drink this guy's going to bring back, but he must have tested the room because he brought back Hayden a limoncello. <laughs> <laughs> If you think about it, that's kind of perfect if you're coming out of your quote-unquote non-drinking years. I'm sure right. you've had beer or maybe some wine. So to hit you with like Jack Daniels <laughs> or something over the head, yeah. ugh, but easy in with a limoncello and right. gin and ginger. And um, me and his uncle are very much like foot on the accelerator drinker. <laughs> so it was good that the bartender probably was sensing what was going on and was like, you know what, I'll bottle feed this kid. <laughs> for the next shot and then we'll find out what we can do with the next one. So Hayden starts to take off a little bit and um, I think when you have a level of social anxiety, when you start to drink and you let your hair down, which is which is a, the scary part of alcohol also, like you can really get caught up in this whirlwind, like you're finally relaxed around people. So you keep drinking and keep drinking and mm. keep drinking, which is where I honestly think that 
my dysfunctional uh, relationship with alcohol started. So he and I are going to have to have a talk about this the next couple of weeks. But I could kind of sense it. So he starts to get a little bit more loud now. And he's like talking about superheroes. Because <laughs> 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 that's what he talks about. You know? It's so wholesome. <laughs> it's so cute. He's getting really, really passionate about superheroes and anime and trying to make us all understand the origin stories of villains and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and the second round of limoncellos come around. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh, Hayden doesn't know how to pace just yet. Oh, no. So he crushes that one and then really starts to get loud. He's like sort of like pointing and is really passionate about his debates and I'm like, dude, you need to just down a little bit. And there's hardly anybody in the restaurant at this point. Savannah at 9 o'clock. It might as well be 2 in the morning. Um, So uh, you could tell that he was starting to crash really quick and I'm like, dude, let's just, we took an Uber and uh, I dropped him off and it was three drinks in a night and two of them were limoncellos and he was done for the night. Oh my God. <laughs> That's like the best first, like, 21st birthday, though. Like, no one got arrested. No. You're not hung over the next day, hopefully, off lemoncello. remember the night. <laughs> yeah. right? No, he was absolutely fine. And then, in typical Hayden fashion, because I have now learned, mostly from you guys that have told me that, my relationship with Hayden changed when I took your guys' advice and said, you got to meet your kid where he is. Because he and I are just really so different. I mean... I can't believe he came out of these parts. I really can't. Um, but once I started to meet him where he was, like our trip to Japan, where it was all about anime and everything that he did, our relationship completely changed. So I went into the weekend thinking, all right, the drinking part of this is probably going to be for me because at 21 years old, even though he's 21, he probably would have chosen not to drink that night. I'm like, oh, no, 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 this one's for me. So, But I'm like, hey, whatever you want to do uh, tonight, we can do. Dude turns to me and he goes, have you seen the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? <laughs> Weird, I had a conversation with my 44-year-old husband about the same thing the other day. Is that right? I'm like, are you really, we're really going to go to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's like, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's a really great movie. Let's go. So he's seen it? He's already seen it. Okay, so this just got even sweeter because he wants you to share in the joy of something that he really loves. He's showing you something that he is so excited about. So while, so I swallowed it at first because I'm thinking, you're 21 now, and I was thinking with my mind is like, we could go any place and have a drink together, man. Mm. Any place. Mm. So we ended up going to the movie theater. And I'm not sure how long this movie has been out. Do you know? No idea. We were the only ones in the theater, literally. <laughs> the only ones in the theater, right? And we're watching it, and the one thing... Have you seen the movie? No, I have not. The soundtrack is all like 80s rap. Oh, oh what? 80s and 90s okay. rap, and it's great, right? Uh-huh. So I think that that part of the weekend was the most memorable. I will always have this core memory now of he and I sitting in this theater watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> and for whatever reason we both know the words to Black Streets No Diggity. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost singing at the top of our lungs in the middle of the movie as this song comes on. We are singing No Diggity. <laughs> and I looked around and I'm like, this is really actually a pretty cool night. Because <laughs> if, if there was one other person in the studio, we would have never done that. <laughs> never, never, never. But it was a really good weekend, and it certainly wasn't your typical 21-year-old, but it was Hayden. It was mm-hmm. so Hayden, you know, that it was a really, really great weekend. Oh, that's, that's great. That's, that's great. pretty cool. Yeah, yep. it, was, it was a fun one. It's the Burt Show.
All right, now that Travis Kelsey, I'm guessing, is in the picture when it comes to the NFL and football, and Abby is a huge Taylor Swift fan, let's just call it coincidence <laughs> that she's watching the NFL a little bit more now. Yeah, women have never been this into football since Jimmy Garoppolo joined the NFL wow. because we wow. we are now more <laughs> invested than ever. Now, granted, did 90% of the Swifties tune in to the NFL purely just because we wanted to see the camera cut to Taylor? Yes, absolutely. Did you see the ratings on the game? Oh, my God. It, they're insane. Like, yeah. the, the amount of people this woman is bringing to the National Football League, like, they need to be paying her. Speaking of cutting it, Taylor, what was hilarious to me was every time one of the Chiefs players would score, they wouldn't even show, like, them celebrating their <laughs> touchdown. They Taylor. They would go right to Taylor. I'm like, this is nasty, man. They're like, how is Taylor celebrating? The yes. demographics in, I read this yesterday, I can't remember the exact number, but the demographics for women, like, between 22 and 28, like, mm-hmm. quadrupled or 10, <laughs> 10 times. I am putting this out there now. Once she has released all of her music, re-recorded and re-released it under her Taylor's version brand, she will do the Super Bowl. Hands down. I, I think so, too. They'll see, they're seeing the ratings come in, and I think that's why she's holding out so people don't buy her old catalog because she knows her album sales will skyrocket. Huh, She'll that be makes there. sense. Yeah. I didn't think about that that's angle. That's a good call, yeah. I think she's set to release all of them by the end of next year, so it would make a lot of sense for February of next year. The power that this woman has that we've talked about the last couple of days, I'll just add one more thing and throw it back to Abby is I guess the shorts, the denim shorts yeah. that she was wearing during either this week or last week. Yeah, this week. The sales on them have skyrocketed. They're sold out. Sold out. You what? can't find them anywhere. Wow. Yeah. yeah. They're just like high cut denim shorts, I think. Yeah, right? and they have a little cut out on the back and they say Aria on them. Yeah, you can't buy them anymore just because <laughs> Taylor, Taylor wore them. Wow. Yeah, so she she's at the game and so we're all invested. And for me, like it takes a really good game for me to be truly invested in football. I watched all the playoff games for the Jags last year because they were genuinely good games. Normally, I'm used to watching like the Gators and Jags just get beat to a crisp and so it's not normally very fun but I've been watching these games now because I'm trying to see my girl Tay Tay and I've noticed that football is kind of adorable <laughs> like there are so many things that I've started to really find endearing about football I think that might be a slogan they'll run with next year the NFL <laughs> It's adorable. <laughs> Definitely it's, never heard it put that way before. cute as hell. So I've <laughs> compiled a short list of all the things that I find really endearing about football that might keep me engaged just a little bit longer, okay. even after Taylor and Travis break up. All right. So the first one is that I love the fact that sports, and especially the NFL, like this is the one time where it's normal for men to wear matching outfits. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going on a bachelorette trip this weekend, and we have color schemes. We have themes. We have subcategories for the themes like it's coastal grandmother but with like a side of cowgirl and we never see that <laughs> we never see you know what I mean like it's it's a it's like a Diane Keaton but if she like lived in the Midwest you know what I mean but if she was on Yellowstone but and then and then in Rosemary Beach so we never see that kind of effort when it comes to like men coordinating outfits together they, you know what I mean like anytime you see a group of dudes out at a bar they're wearing like a like a jersey and cargo pants and- I love how she's referring to uniforms as coordinating outfits <laughs> Right. It's precious. Okay. She's, they have a choice. she's not wrong. Right. And and they all have the same mascot and they all have the it's just adorable. And then on to the <laughs> on to the next thing. Not only do they have matching outfits, but they have coordinating touchdown dances <laughs> that I love watching on TikTok. I'm currently on touchdown dance TikTok. And it's so precious to see them all get together and do their little dancey dance because a, you know they had to rehearse this. I have often yeah. wondered that. Like, what? At what point do you say to your dudes, like, "Hey, let's re- re- uh, rehearse the touchdown um, dance." Practice. 
Is it at practice? At, always at practice. At the end of practice? Yep. Okay. What I love about it is it shows like, yes, they're they're teammates, but everyone's hired to do a specific role. But you don't practice dances with people you don't like. Yes. Right? So it shows me like they're maybe even if it's not BFFs, they're friends off the field and they know this is going to be cool for the fans and for the team. And they're like, let's do it. I just love that camaraderie. I know. And so they get together and they all do it and it all looks really good. Like these guys have great, great rhythm, great dancing. And I cannot wait for when Taylor Swift's dances start infiltrating the touchdown dances. I'm waiting for that when they do the bejeweled dance. I'm going to love that. But right now, I've just seen them do the little stanky leg, and it's really great. <laughs> the NFL wouldn't even let them do that for years either. Yeah. They just started what? letting them do that like yeah. a few years ago. It was considered a penalty yeah. when you did that. Yeah, Women would have been invested much earlier than this. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say they only let them start doing it again because in groups? In groups, yeah. You could do like one person could do a, a, a dance, but it couldn't be too much. It had to be really simple. They used to call That's why they called it the No Fun League for a while. Yeah. And then, oh. The NFL started to loosen up a little bit. They used to call the penalty. It was an excessive celebration. Yeah. What? Like uh-huh. you can celebrate too much in oh the NFL. Too much fun. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying the players are extra. That's ridiculous. Okay. I also love how when everyone shows up to the games, uh, it's like grown men wearing jerseys of another grown man's name on their back. Like, when do we ever get to see that kind of affection between men? Like, he's so proud of this one particular player that he's like, you know what? I'm gonna rock his name. I do have a hard no rule on that. Me too. Yeah, I'll no wear, jerseys. I, no jerseys. Well, not only no jerseys. I might, I might wear a jersey, but probably not. But certainly not with another man's name on the back. The you gotta only, get customized with your own name. Yeah, what? what? The only reason I would stop wearing jerseys is because the players I love end up getting traded, and then you can never <laughs> wear that jersey again. Oh, and you spend one hundred and fifty dollars on these freaking jerseys. <laughs> Boy, some, math. Some people sure. don't care. <laughs> yeah, they don't care. They man. stay with yeah. that jersey for the rest of their life. Yeah. yeah, I've seen lots of jerseys out and about, and I think it's adorable. Oh my god, Abby, let's get uh, what Travis Kelsey plays for the Chiefs. Uh huh. Let's get Chiefs jerseys that say Swift on the back. <gasps> I think it's probably already done Dad, for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, we should Google totally it. do yeah. that. I'll report back. It's my dream jersey. Okay, my last two. I love the pump-up speeches. I saw Travis Kelsey giving yeah. some to his teammates, and all he said was just one word. He was just like, more, more, more. <laughs> and I just, That's all he had. It's all he had. It was the one word in his little NFL brain. He's like, I know this word, and it'll get him pumped up. And then I also just love the genuine camaraderie. Like, I yeah. love a bromance, and basically the NFL is just one big fat bromance. Yeah, it truly it's true. is. All, All right. the players just broing out. It's giving boyhood. It's giving non-toxic masculinity. I'm here for it. <laughs> There's a knockoff one that says Swift, but even better, a sweatshirt that says In My Chiefs Era. Oh my gosh, me! Did you see the picture that was going viral a couple of days ago that randomly some couple, I don't even know where they were in the country, dressed as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift years ago for a Halloween no party? Way. Years ago. They were at the game on Sunday, too. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> this is The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Criminals are literally so dumb. So <laughs> the woman who found Lady Gaga's dogs a while back is suing her for never getting paid. But what? here's the thing. She was an accomplice in the whole shebang. Oh, oh yeah, no, you really? can't. Yeah, so, no, yeah, no. so a while back, if you forgot about this story, Lady Gaga's dog walker was like brutally attacked and that her dogs were taken. He was and, shot. Yeah, it was horrible. I think he was in the hospital for a while, too. Still, I think he's okay now, he's, but. Well, he's still okay. He's okay, but has long, um, long-standing issues due to, obviously, the gunshot wounds. Yeah, and so the dogs were taken, and anybody who has a pet knows that when your dogs or your cats or your, your pet 
let birds go missing. You're going to do whatever it takes to get him back. So Lady Gaga said, I'm going to give a $500,000 reward for anybody who brings me home my babies. And so this woman ends up finding, quote unquote, the dogs, brings them back, and it turns out she was an accomplice in the whole thing. So Lady Gaga's like, well, of course I'm not going to pay you. That would be literally so dumb of me. So the woman sues her for $1.5 million for like breach of contract or something like that, basically saying that there was a no questions asked clause in the, in basically when Lady Gaga was like, oh, just bring home my babies, no questions asked. So mm-hmm. she's like, you shouldn't have asked questions because if you ask questions, then, <laughs> then I would have had my money. I mean, I'm not going to, this, this is the kind of thing that sh- if she wins, I'll shake my head, but I'll go, I kind of get it. Yeah, no, I do. Yeah, so if it was in writing, like they put it out, this is a $500,000 reward, no questions asked, mm-hmm. and she comes at them with, you ask questions, and you said, she actually, I think, has a criminal leg to stand on. It's logical. Well, it makes that, sense. that's not what the judge said, because, of okay. course, they brought it to court, and the judge said that it was legally insufficient in its entirety following her involvement in the theft. Okay, so basically, okay. the judge All was right. like, okay, criminals, we can't be getting, we can't be paying you. <laughs> so she will uh, be walking away with no money. Yeah, Which, it would set a bad precedent. That's what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a good thing the judge did that because then all these criminals out here would be like, okay, let's start stealing dogs and then returning them and being like, you guys said you couldn't ask any questions, mm-hmm. so I'm here for my, you know, granted, I don't think many people would mm-hmm. offer half a million dollars for their dogs, but, you know, that's Lady Gaga money. Yeah, she got money, money. Okay, you know it's spooky season when we start seeing headlines like this. So an editor that was working on the new Saw film got the cops called on him because his neighbors thought he was torturing somebody. <laughs> Turns out he was just really getting into his work and had the volume turned up way too loud. (laughs) This editor, he was working on Saw X. He was working on a scene that involved a character trying to escape an eye vacuum trap. And he had the volume up a little too high. (laughs) So someone goes next door. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You say an eye vacuum? An eye vacuum Uh, trap. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Saw 10 really has stepped up their game, and apparently it has the highest rating on Rotten Tomatoes and all the other Saw movies. You gotta be going through something to come up with these punishments that they use on Saw, man. <laughs> Do you, would, okay, would you date Abby, a guy mm-hmm. that worked on the Saw movies and came up with a majority of the um, the gruesomeness that the is story, in the movie? And the storylines, yes. Yeah. So, like on, a, like on a scale from 1 to 10, how hot is he? He is like, he's like, he's a solid, he's a solid eight. Yeah, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah. Even if he came up with the eyeball vacuum. Is he 6'2"? He, he's, he's, he's 5'11". Did you say mm. eyeball <laughs> vacuum or eye vacuum? Because <laughs> the eye vacuum is just like one of those little robot, little robot things that goes around like the No, no it's I, E-Y-E. Yeah, it E-Y-E. Sucks, oh, sucks okay. the eyes out. Oh, yeah. Good God! That's why I said the eyeball, like <laughs> okay. the eyeball vacuum. You are having the reaction I suddenly had like two minutes ago. Like the thought of that eyeball vacuum. Mm. Oh my God, it is... Awful. Yeah, yes, I'm, I've always wondered that though. Like, would you date Stephen King if you had a chance to? I mean, because the truth of the matter is if this saw dude like sucks out your eyeballs one mm-hmm. night... Everybody's going to go like, well, you should have kind of seen this coming. Like, you knew what was inside of the dude. It's on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, he's a pretty big, James Wan is a pretty big filmmaker. He did The Conjuring as well. He's directed like Fast and the Furious, Malignant, I think Aquaman. I'm more offended by the Fast and the Furious franchise. Jigsaw behind the wheel of a car. That's what should like stop you from dating him is that he's behind that franchise. Well, maybe this is like his outlet. You know, I'm glad he's not doing these things in real life. So. 
if this is his little escape where he needs to get those intrusive thoughts out. Because really, I feel like just horror films are just yeah. intrusive thoughts come to life. Um, and I don't blame the neighbors for calling. Like, if you're hearing that. Yeah. Yeah, if you hear something, say something, see something, say something kind of deal. Exactly. Step in. Don't be a bystander. Okay, this is how I think everybody should promote their new albums moving forward. Ed Sheeran is having the most lax release of his new album of all time. In case you didn't know, he just released a new album called Autumn Variations. And instead of releasing singles and music videos, he just decided to buy his fans drinks for six hours at an NYC oh, bar crawl. Cool. Okay. I know. That's pretty cool. Why doesn't nobody tell me about these things? I need all my drinks paid for. Listen. It's the Burt Show. Dolly Parton joining the Burt Show here in just a couple of seconds. A reminder, we got bonus content for you guys again this week. I'm going to warn you right now, it's past R-rated. There's one segment in there that is R-rated, and you do not want to listen to that with kids in the car. Uh, and then Kristen had a really creepy true go- a true crime um, would-you-rather game that I we think, played. I think it was deep, and it was philosophical, and we actually <laughs> learned something. They couldn't be two more opposite segments if you wanted them to be. I, I disagree. I think we all learned a lot in the first segment as well. Okay, yeah, there was that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say... Well, okay, that's fine. I, I'm going to give you that. Alright, it's the bonus content, thebirdshow.com. So, you know, when you got Dolly Farton right there in front of you, first of all, it's just, you get nervous. <laughs> you get super nervous. So, a little behind the scenes, and I don't know if this is included in the beginning of the interview, um, but so, Bert and I are sitting there and, you know, we're we're doing this via Zoom, and we can't see each other yet, um, and they're about to pull up Dolly, and Bert goes, Kristen, we're about to talk to Dolly Parton, <laughs> and I go, oh my God, I know, and she's like, it's me, I'm Dolly, <laughs> and you're talking to me, and I'm like, oh, it's already starting so wonderful. You could just throw the professionalism out the window, because when yeah. you have Dolly in front of you, it's just like... I feel like she's the country's grandmother. Oh, absolutely. Right? And uh, she's just so adorable. It's the most Dolly thing you'll ever hear from Dolly Parton. Yeah. She was was spectacular. She lived up to every expectation. It's just the authenticity and genuineness Mm. just oozes from her pores. When you, like, you're not going to get anybody but her. You want to be put in a a good mood. You want to listen to this. Dolly Parton joining the Burt Show. In the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I'm going to have to earn it. Oh my God, it's Dolly Parton. I know, I'm so excited. Well, it is. Hi there. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I swore that I was going to keep it all cool. And then as soon as you came on the screen, now I'm freaking out. Has anybody ever passed out when they met you? <laughs> Not that I know of. <laughs> Nobody's just broken down in tears or just gotten on their knees or just like really just passed out right in front of you? Well, I think you're just really giving me a whole lot of stuff I don't deserve, but thank you for that. <laughs> I didn't know I was all that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Dolly, let me introduce myself. I'm Bert Weiss, and this is Kristen Klingshern, and we are just so honored to be talking to you today. Well, I'm honored to be with you. You know me, I'm out selling something, so I've got a rock <laughs> and a book. 
for this time, but I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of both of them. So let's talk about them. We're going to get to all that. First of all, I want to hit you with the hardest hitting question first, and then we'll work our way to the easy stuff. Okay. Okay. Have you ridden all the rides at Dollywood? <laughs> no. I don't usually ride the rides because I have a tendency to be motion sickness. Plus, I wear wigs, and I'm afraid something will fly out of here. So I think I'm going to just let other people do that. I just build them, and uh, I just let the other people ride them. Have you ridden one ride at Dollywood? Yeah. Okay. I have. Uh, I've ridden some of the safer ones, and especially the river rides. Those are good, but I'm not big on roller coasters and that uh, sort of thing. That's as hard as it's going to get. But I am <laughs> proud of all the rides at Dollywood. I'm proud of Dollywood, and I'm glad you go now and then. It's a great place. Miss Dolly, we are so beyond excited to speak to you today. And I, a while back, listened to the podcast, Dolly Parton's America, and absolutely loved it. I thought you were so open and so vulnerable. And one of the things I took away from it is, your diverse audience and I would love to know the secret sauce to how you appeal to the masses because it really does seem like everybody loves Dolly. Well, I just love people and I guess if you love somebody, they feel it and they love you back and I don't think I should be crucified or held accountable in some bad way for the fact that I love everybody because <laughs> I always think we're all pieces of God and I'll just always look for that peace in everybody and I try to play to that and I, I try not to condemn you know, anything. Uh, I just accept. I just care about things and people and I just try to put as much good stuff out as I can. I love that. Thank you. you. Know, being, I mean, uh, clearly words like iconic are going to be used on you. Legend are going to be used on you. Is there any time at all that Dolly Parton now feels like she has any kind of imposter syndrome at all? And if not now, did you ever have it while you were coming up? Well, no, I, I believe it's me. I know it's me, but I'm, I'm always really grateful, though. I'm grateful that all of the dreams that I had, which I hoped would come true, would come true. So I was kind of braced for it in case it got bigger. So the bigger it got, the more I braced myself. Well, here it comes. I've just, I think one of the reasons um, success you know, never went to my head. It mostly went to my heart because I was always so grateful. This is what I wanted to do and that I, and I've never tried to compete with other people. I just try to compete with myself. I just try to be my best self and outdo my own self from one project to another. So, uh, I just look at back, I used to wonder what how I would be remembered when I was older if I was successful in the business. And now it's great to be able to sit here and then have people like you and uh, Christian say sweet things. So I must have done something right, but I always <laughs> thank the people that has helped me along the way. I've had a good team, but yeah, I'm okay with myself. I can handle it. <laughs> As you should. So they gave us a sneak listen to all 30 songs that are on your Rockstar album, right? So as I'm, you know, getting my makeup on because I had to get a full beat in a face because I'm talking to Dolly Parton and I know you're going to look impeccable. And I'm listening to each I'm listening to each song and you are an icon covering iconic rock songs. Were any of those songs like, for instance, when I heard you do Prince Purple Rain, which is a stunning rendition, by the way, were you even intimidated to cover some of these songs? No, I really was looking forward to it. I was just hoping I could do them really good. Yeah. I just hoped that I could sing them. And I'd never done those kind of songs other than to sing around the house or to sing them to myself, like most people who don't sing purple rain, purple rain. But I thought, well, it's different when you go into 
to record it. But I really, I love that song. And I, I thought, well, I hope I can do it. And Kent Wells, who produced the album, he said, oh, you can do it. And, you know, he's really a rock and roll fan and freak. And so he, he also knew, you know, if I, I said, well, I want to sing this really good, so don't let me stray too far off and just become too much Dolly, you know, back to my country roots and praise it, this or that. So uh, I felt it so much, I just kind of felt like I felt Prince's spirit in the studio with me, and I just kind of played off of that and tried to remember how he was singing it and how he would be if he heard me singing it, if he would like how I was doing it, that kind of thing. But yeah, I just took these songs that I thought that I would be able to sing and that I liked and just hoped that I could execute them properly. And I evidently I did on that one, if you like it. I'm here to tell you right now that was, I mean, all of them are fantastic, but that one, that one gave me the goosebumps. Like that, that, that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of that one too. I, I have to honestly say as a song, I think that's my favorite cut on the whole album. That one's a good one. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. Do you now feel like you are worthy to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now that you have this rock album? Well, I feel a lot better about it. Because <laughs> I, I, I felt like I had not earned it. But at least now, for the reasons they said that I was going in, and now that I have a great rock album, I can breathe a little easier feeling like I've earned my keep. My heart is just so full talking to you. So the album comes out on November 17th, book on October 17th. Do you want to give us a, a couple of seconds on what the book Behind the Scenes, My Life and Rhinestones is all about? Well, actually, it's a coffee table book, and it chronicles my life from the time I started, from wearing my first little outfits that Mama used to make and next-door neighbors or my aunts used to make for me to perform in all the way up through the whole thing. And I tell stories, and it chronicles all of the clothes and the wigs and the styles that I've gone through all these decades that I've been in the business and uh, up till the Hollywood movies and the great designers. But it's also more than anything for me, I'm proud that I had the chance to actually name names and actually give uh, some credit to all these people that have done this through the years and to remember back things where I was at that time when I was wearing this and laugh out loud to myself, like, what in the world were you thinking when you wore that? You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So I got such a kick out of putting these pictures together, like all the wigs and the clothes. And I thought, oh, my God, was I serious about that? But I was always serious or you wouldn't wear it if you didn't think it looked good, but you could look back and laugh. I think I can speak for Kristen here, too. I feel so fortunate and humbled to be able to talk to you today. Thank you no so idea. much for your time. Look, you got big old fans here for sure. So thank well, you so deal. much for your time. Appreciate it. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're liking the album. I hope it does good. And if not, I'm going to always enjoy it, having all those great artists. I never listen to my music. Usually, I never listen back to my albums after I'm finished. But this one I will listen to now and then just to hear some of these great great artists that we have on it no yeah, doubt thank you for your music and just thank you for your kindness and thank you for your altruism and just being you dolly well that's all i know how to be i'll be right <laughs> you have a fantastic you day be you and i'll be me okay. there you go <laughs> Uh, let me okay. remind everybody again, the album Rockstar comes out on November 17th and the book Behind the Seams, My Life in Rhinestones, October 17th. Dolly Parton, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. 
There are very few people, and we've been doing this for a while. I get nervous to talk to. She was one of them. Every person I told that we were going to talk to Dolly Parton, they were like, no way. And then when I told them about it, they were like, whoa, was she like... More people freaked out about us talking to Dolly Parton than I think any other person we've ever talked about. In studio, can I come in? No, you can't. Leave us alone. Listen, it's the Burt Show. I guess I haven't even been paying attention. The Powerball jackpot is up to $1.2 billion. I feel like this happens more regularly now. It used to be an anomaly if it hit the billion, mm. but it's starting to do it a little more often. Um, didn't hit on Monday night, so the next drawing is Wednesday. Um, it'll be one of the biggest prizes of all time. Uh, they've gone 33 consecutive drawings since somebody's won the whole thing, so that's mm. why it's up to 1.2 billion. <laughs> Might need to wipe off your microphone there. Clean, clean up Just one six over there. <laughs> I'm in the splash zone over here. <laughs> so here is a lottery expert, because one of you listening right now is going to win this. Telling you, um, giving you some advice on what exactly you need to do when you are playing and winning this lottery. Well, just try to keep the circle of people Shit. that are involved or know about it as small as possible. Yeah, you think? <laughs> That's pretty common Man, sense. And yeah. who, as a little kid, who grows up and says, I want to be a lottery expert? <laughs> <laughs> that is a very unique job, to say the least. I think he's just a CPA. He's oh, calling himself oh. a lottery expert. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, your attitude would be different. You don't even have to tell anybody. Uh-huh. Like, if, Kristen, if you walk in studio tomorrow and you know you want a billion dollars and you don't tell us, your attitude is going to be different. You're taking no crap. <laughs> <laughs> Are you even coming in, honestly? After winning, yes, I wouldn't leave you all in the like in the lurch. I wouldn't just abandon you and bail on you, but I would. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you I'm, not. I'm yeah. not coming in. I'm not coming yeah, in. You're not? No, no way. I'll, I'll zoom maybe. I'll call you from <laughs> France, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'll send a nice, nice little yeah. text. Yeah. I'm gonna be hungover. <laughs> I'm still drunk, and, <laughs> and I'm probably in a different country. I find out at six o'clock I want a billion dollars. I'm yeah. getting on a flight to wherever it's, at eight. It's not automatically just dumped into your bank account. Yeah, but I know the money is coming. Okay, so. <laughs> I know they're good for it. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, we are the kind of people that should not win the lottery. Yes. Right, so again, it is on Wednesday. Okay. Listen, you can do that. You don't show. That's fine. Just as long as we get a little something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I I mean, my plan would be, I mean, I won't come in that morning. Yeah. And then I'll send a flight for you guys on the weekend, and we'll all hang out at whatever compound I just bought. (laughs) (laughs) For sure, yeah. All right, so to catch a cheater here, she thinks karma might be coming back to haunt her and that her husband might be messing around. She wants our help to get to the truth. Mo's got the email. Maybe it's karma coming back to haunt me but I suspect my husband might be cheating on me. Let me give you some context to explain why I'm feeling this way. My current husband and I got together while I was still married to my first husband, which ultimately led to the end of that marriage. I know, it's not the ideal way to start a relationship, and I can't deny that it might be catching up with me now. I can't help but wonder if my current husband might be doing the same thing to me that we did to my ex-husband. Lately, there have been some signs that make me uneasy. He's been distant, secretive with his phone, and there have been changes in his behavior that I can't quite put my finger on. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I need to find out the truth without accusing him outright and causing unnecessary drama in our relationship. I love my husband, and I want our relationship to work, 
but I also don't want to be blindsided by something I should have seen coming. Can you do War of the Roses? Thanks in advance, Tina. You know what I realize here in watch, uh, in reading this, these emails sometimes is that I say that infidelity goes on your permanent record, right? When you're with somebody, like you'll probably never get back to 100% trust. If you guys are really mature about it, maybe you get back to 99%. But it goes on your internal yeah. Like permanent record also, because the way she's going to see things is she's probably using the experience that she's the one that screwed around. So when he's showing even even little signs, that's already on her permanent record. Mm-hmm. So that's part of her experience. So now she's placing it on him. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. yeah that's, that's exactly what I was thinking is that she is seeing behaviors in him that she saw in herself mm-hmm. when she was cheating on her first husband. I completely agree. But I guess if someone has the experience, they should probably see it coming before someone who doesn't. So <laughs> ma- maybe she's mm-hmm. on to something. Right. Yeah, this is the downside of getting with the person that you cheated with mm-hmm. is you start to realize that patterns are a real thing and infidelity, like it does go on your permanent record for a reason. So I think you got every right to feel a little uneasy about this and it'll be, it'll be bad, bad karma. And it comes we, around. We read like an overwhelming statistic a couple of years ago on the show that when couples get together that happened when one was screwing around on their other and they ended up in marriage in this new um, relationship, they don't work out. Like 80% of the time, they don't work out. There's infidelity again down yeah, the road. Yeah, that's I believe that. So we can try it uh, with To Catch a Cheater tonight, and we'll have Tina on tomorrow, and we'll see if her instincts are right. And if karma came to bite her in the butt. Could be. You're on The Burt Show. So our producer, Rebecca, here, um, was pet sitting for a friend. While she was there, someone breaks into the home? Yeah, it was kind of a major incident, and I could not believe that I was there to witness it. But are you okay? I'm okay. I'm fine. Everyone's that's terrifying. Fine. It, it, it's a really scary thing sure, to like man. look back on. But it made me realize that not only am I not tough, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of a coward. <laughs> And I also maybe shouldn't be responsible for like anything, like <laughs> protecting or guarding anything at all. This reminds me of the time that, uh, you know, when my family was still all living together, that when somebody, I, I felt like somebody was breaking in downstairs and I, I didn't have a gun in the house at the time. So I walked down there to beat up whoever was down there with what was handy. And it was a wiffle bat and a hanger. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to whip somebody's ass with a wiffle bat and a hanger. Talk about menacing. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah, you think you're going to have like fight or flight. And um, my interesting phenomenon was that I chose sleep instead. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be right there with you. Because in the whole fight or flight, I freeze. Yeah. Like I don't flee. I don't fight. I just panic. And I'm just like, <laughs> I understand freeze, but sleep? Okay, so let me just, uh, yeah, I'll I'll set the scene. I think a little context is needed. So I was cat sitting for one of my really close friends and I was doing a really bad job because I was actually at Abby's breakup brunch podcast. You made the right decision. Yeah, I was basically like getting drunk there instead of being with the cat. You're supposed to be with the cat 24-7? Cat doesn't even want to be around people 24-7. Yeah. No, I thought it was like, you know, you go over once and you like feed it and it's fine. It's a cat. Like it'll survive. But um, Survive? It will flourish. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be thrilled. It's got a whole apartment to itself. This place is mine. You're right. You're right. But I felt really guilty because I 
I, I told her that I would stay over basically. And instead I spent the day first at Abby's brunch and then I went and kept day drinking with a lot of my other friends. And I finally bopped around to the cat at like 7 p.m. Like <laughs> super lit, litty kitty myself, I would say, honestly. <laughs> Which was fine. None of that was a problem. Everything was cool. Like, I think we, me and the cat, like, sang to each other some, like, drunk cat songs. And we cuddled. And I went to bed at, like, 9 p.m. The guy broke in at 6 a.m. <gasps> yes. I was laying there, sleeping. A strange man picked up <gasps> a huge rock, threw it through my friend's sunroom. Shut up. Yeah. That's terrifying. And the only way I know that is because the neighbors told me later. Because <laughs> I slept through the entire thing. No, what? you didn't. You heard nothing. I heard nothing. I think I woke up around six-ish thinking that I had heard something, but I watched TV to go to sleep <laughs> yeah. and the TV was still on. So I was like, whatever. And I, I don't even remember. I fell back asleep. So my neighbors saw the man because they were walking their dog climbing into the window. <gasps> no. Literally. While, you, while you're there passed out. Yes. I was in a room like two two rooms down basically from the sunroom. They walk up on the man trying to climb in and they scare him away and he ran away. <gasps> yeah. And I only know this because 20 minutes later, bang, 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 bang on my door. The cops are there <gasps> waking me up in my hungover state <laughs> to let me know what had actually happened because they had actually gotten in contact with my friend finally. So, oh, so then they contacted who lives there. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming the neighbors knew her and they contacted her or the, they, she, they contacted the police and the police contacted her. So the neighbors had no idea that anyone was there. Okay. So they finally got in contact with my friend who let them know someone's inside actually there or she's supposed to be. And they, the neighbors and the cops both showed up, bang, 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 opened the door. I'm like, what? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I was asleep. Yeah, you tell me what happened. Is the cat okay? <laughs> um, The cat did escape. No. Oh, damn. Out the broken window? Right out the broken window. Um, I think my friend was definitely more upset with me about that oh, than God. anything else. But I, I found her. I was, <gasps> yeah, we, we found her. It was fine. Well, she can't be mad at you for that. Some lunatic threw a, a, a rock through the window, and that's why the cat was able to get out. It's not like you left the door open or and, left the screen, like left the window open. No, no, no. It, yeah, it wasn't technically my fault but still like the cat jumps through like the open glass pane like oh, it was, no, it was that, that cat been waiting to leave <laughs> that, was, that was his moment yeah. exactly that cat is jumping and walking through broken glass to get away from your friend oh no 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 she regretted it immediately she hated her little adventure is it terrible that I've taken this experience and thought okay if I ever break into somebody's house I know how to get away with it just get in a bed and pretend like you're sleeping and when the cops show up you're like what happened <laughs> <laughs> I was sleeping. Cops go away, and then you get to take everything. Honestly, great move. You really just gave me a great blueprint. <laughs> you played dead by accident. <laughs> get it? The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. Cassie, you're going to love this story because Paramount Plus is releasing a boy band doc that's going to include new kids on the block, in sync. 
the Backstreet Boys in 98 Degrees. Wait, a, where the hell is O-Town? O-Town, that's not there on the list. their liquid dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that's a song of theirs in case you didn't know. Thank you. I did, I did know. Thank you for informing me. So the film is going to feature interviews with band members and archival footage from the music of, you know, the time of the 90s. But what's really interesting is that the director is Tamara Davis, who directed Billy Madison and also um, Hanson's song Mbop music video, which is, as everybody knows, my favorite Hanson song. I'm just glad New Kids on the Block are getting the attention that they deserve. Were you a New Kids on the Block stand? Oh, girl. Blockhead times 10. I had a Joey McIntyre pillow that I slept with every single night. Had them plastered all over my wall, courtesy of my Tiger Beat magazines. I had the dolls. Donnie Wahlberg had like a little rat tail coming out the back of his head. It was a thing. Did you do unspeakable things to that pillow? <laughs> that, that was Kristen, by the way. That made that sound. Not me. You know what I realized the other day? Because I had like Tiger Beat and what is it, Teen Bop or whatever, all the magazines, yep. the same photos, and like our walls were covered with like for me, it was pictures of JC from NSYNC. And I realized like today you have so much access, you can just Google any sub, you can talk to them online. Mm-hmm. We didn't have like the Mm-mm. red carpet photos. You either had to literally tune in live to MTV or whatever red carpet. Or buy these magazines where they did photo shoots just so girls could hang the pictures up. I want to circle back with you for just one second, Abby, because you said Mbop was your favorite Hanson song. I want you to name two others. It's the only song I know. That's why it's my favorite. (laughs) She just found out about it on the show like a month ago. Just found out they existed. (laughs) No, but I think Zillennials were actually kind of the final generation to hang up posters from Tiger Beat on their walls Mm -hmm. because I used to do that with Jesse McCartney. That was the person that was covered all over my walls. And I remember when I was like in second grade, we were moving houses and when they were going on like a house toward the people that were going to buy our house, they went to my room and they said, okay, we're going to take this house, but we want to keep all the Jesse McCartney posters. And I told my mom, no, are you serious? I was like, they can't take them. I've been collecting them for too long. They took my posters. That is weird. It is a little weird, but they had like a teenage daughter, you know, a tweenage daughter oh. that also loved Jesse McCartney at the time. So oh, oh, this could sense. be, this could be fun. One eight five five Bircho. What was your favorite teen beat poster you had up on your wall? Ooh, yeah. Jesse McCartney was for me. One eight five five Bircha. I remember like going to Kmart and then you go to the poster section and you sit there and you flip through all the massive posters. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to decide yeah. like which new kids on the block one I wanted. And then you had all the magazines and you pulled them out. And my whole wall, when you walked into my room, there was my bed and behind you was an entire wall of new kids on the block. And I had one little space for Paula Abdul. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I made friends with the school librarian and she would let me rip the posters out of the school subscription to like mm. Tiger Beat and all of that. But I was also the weird who collected the Got Milk posters. Why? Because Britney was in one and looking amazing and then I had a whole section of a wall that was just all the Got Milk posters. (laughs) 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 I remember that's how you know that somebody made it as a celeb if they were in one of those Got Milk commercials, Mm. a little stash. Uh Yeah, I used to try it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Here is Jenna. Good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi. Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Really good. All right, brag about it. Who was up with the poster, the Tiger Beat poster in your room? Thousand percent the Jonas Brothers, and I'm going next week to see them. Oh, you're living out your childhood dreams. It's the best. I know, 30 and still seeing them. (laughs) (laughs) And Sam, good morning. You're on the Bird Show. Good morning, guys. P1 here. Thank Um, you. So, of course, I have the Backstreet Boys and the NSYNC. But we can't forget Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Devin Sala. 
JTT. That JTT one was hot for a long time, yes, wasn't it? Yes, he was. <laughs> it was. Uh, here is Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. You're on the Bird Show. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. All right. Who owned your wall? I, <laughs> I'm aging myself, but I had Rob Lowe where he had that white outfit on. He was just like leaning up against the side, up against the wall. I saw it last night in The Lost Boys, and it just aged me terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that whole like, uh, he was part of that whole Rat, Rat Pack, Pack group, mm-hmm. right? So the whole St. Elmo's Fire cast was on there for a while also. All right, one more. This is going to be pretty popular. Hey, Kelsey. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Who owned your wall? Instinct, wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling. I had the dolls, the towels on my wall. Everything was instinct. I actually just found a photo the other day. It was so nostalgic. Instinct was life. <laughs> my friend had Justin Timberlake on the ceiling above her bed, so when she laid on her back, he was uh, the last thing that she saw at night. <laughs> Ironically, I had Jay Z and Beyonce on my wall, so I really? feel like come on, I, really, I really did. Yeah, I had Jay Z on one side, Beyonce on the other. You brought them together. I like to think so. <laughs> you manifested that. Yeah, put it in the universe. Hey, the Bird Show is she being the a hole for refusing to hang out with a friend because the friend is always drinking, and then when she drinks, she messes around on her husband. Been. Maybe time for separation here. We'll get into it here in just one second. All right, so um, it was Abby that has passed this on to us. It's a new phrase. It's not gaslighting. Oh, it's the opposite. It's called light gassing, and it's this new word that's been coined. We can add it to the Webster Dictionary since they just added, like, what, 500 words to it? Yeah. But it's basically when you are in a situation where your friend is telling their side of the story, and instead of you, like, trying to take the other side, you just end up, like, leaning into their story and validating their experience. Have you heard about this new concept, light gassing? Pretty much the opposite of gaslighting, which, if you don't know, it's when someone causes another person to doubt their feelings and senses. Psychologically damaging. Light gassing, also damaging. Okay, quick survey. Have you ever told your friends, oh, since he did X, they don't deserve to be with you? Or, of course you did Y, they made you feel bad. Or, you did nothing wrong, it was 100% their fault. News for you, that's light gassing. According to Spencer Greenberg, light gassing is when one person agrees with or validates another person's false beliefs or misconceptions in order to be supportive. Because friends want to be supportive, we're the most likely culprits. Also, super weird timing because as I was reading this, one of my guy friends texted me, have you seen how other women reinforce other women? They never tell them the truth. It's in comments, etc. Because Mm. women are much more mindful of feeling. Dudes apparently will tell each other the truth and hold them accountable. Is this true? Of course we want our friends to validate our feelings, but if they have to agree with false statements in order to do that, it's actually a net negative. Anyway, so what's the solution? He says to validate only the parts of the beliefs that you know to be true. Still validate their emotions and be like, it's understandable and okay to feel the way that you're feeling, but don't reinforce a false belief because otherwise you're light gassing. Mm. Mm. So Hi, I, my I, name is Kristen and I'm a light gasser. Are you? <laughs> yes, but there, like, so I was putting myself in this, like mm. when I was listening to the definition and I have a good friend that went through a divorce recently and her ex is just a freaking nightmare, right? And... Yeah, I'm very much validating a lot of her concerns and when she comes to me, but they're not false beliefs. Like, Mm. he's really doing X, Y, Z. But she, yes. So, Mo, I saw you, like, shaking your head yes. 
when they were talking about the difference between a man and a woman in this situation? That's that's been my experiences over the years. I, I think between my male friends, we're we're really like brutally honest mm-hmm. with each other. When you're wrong, you're wrong. When you're right, you're right. And I remember when I was be dating some sometime, like the woman I was dating would go to her friends about our situations, and they would always tell her she was right to the mm-hmm. point where it would affect mm-hmm. our relationship because no one would tell her she was wrong when she was clearly wrong. So I, I think like the real life example would be like Kristen and Abby being friends, mm-hmm. right? Um, Abby is dating somebody that has like um, really not been paying a whole bunch of attention to her. So she's feeling a little isolated. So she hooks up with another dude. And then Kristen says, well, your your man's been treating you like crap anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's no wonder why you fell in the arms of another man. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, probably. Yeah. It's another word for enabling your friends Mm -hmm. to feel a way that they shouldn't because there are two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. And it's called light Light gassing. gassing. Just the opposite. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, let's get into Am I the A-Hole? Because she's got a friend that's drinking too much, and when she drinks too much, she messes around on her husband, and then she turns around and blames the friend for not stopping her. It's a mess. Dear Burt Show, you can call me Harley. My best friend Ivy and I are both married with children. I have two, and she has one. It's important to note Ivy doesn't have custody of her child, so she has a lot of time to go out and hang out with people, as I do not have a lot of free time because my children are with me every day. Here's my dilemma. Ivy is not happy in her marriage. She says she is. However, every time we go out for some much-needed girl time, she gets way too drunk and cheats on her husband. The last time we went out, she even went as far as playing piano with a guy. She got mad at me. She said I let her out of my sight and allowed her to make bad choices. And if I were really a best friend, I would have kept a better eye on her and stopped her. WTF. That's called gaslighting. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the other term. It's also important to note that her husband is a real piece of crap. He's He's put hands on her, talks mean to her, and never seems to be interested in playing piano with her or even interested in warming up the keys. Makes me wonder if he's cheating too when he's out of town. Since I don't think very much of her husband, she thinks I antagonize her bad behaviors when she's drunk and hopes it will break them up. However, I have never disclosed any of her antics to her husband or anyone else except us. I just don't babysit her and mommy her like she wants me to because one, why would I stop you from getting the attention you tell me you're craving because you never get it? And two, you get angry when I do call you out for being a cheat and third, I am also there to have fun and escape being a mommy for a minute. Unlike her, I'm madly in love with my husband and would never do anything to hurt him or our relationship. So why do I have to sacrifice my good, clean fun to keep her from turning into the bar hoe? Am I the a-hole if I tell her either she needs to stop drinking so much and keep herself under control or I will no longer be able to hang out with her in my free time due to not wanting to be blamed for not babysitting her? Please help. Thank you. Exhausting. Yeah. That's a conversation that with your... It sounds like if you do have a conversation with her, she's going to try to turn it around on you regardless because that's how, like, she's not one to take accountability. She's in a really, really bad situation that she needs to get out of. Um, So I commend you for wanting to be a good friend and be there for her because her marriage is so, so dismal. Um, but like you said, you deserve to go out and have a good time mm-hmm. without having to babysit somebody else. 
So the next time you go out, before you even go out, you have to set those boundaries and those parameters. Be like, listen, I love you. I want to hang out with you. I want to have fun. I've been a mom all day long. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to be a mom tonight. You are a grown woman. You can take care of yourself. You are responsible for yourself. I am not here to babysit you. I'm here to have fun with you. First of all, hat tip to the code names of Harley and Ivy, which is Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy are best friends in the DC Comics universe. Love it. But here's the thing. So I agree. You deserve to have your own fun, but I think that you need, if you're a best friend, need to step, take it a step further and suggest she find someone to talk to, to talk this stuff out. And I had this happen. I was in a dark place and a good friend named Kristen, who I'm going to put on the spot, sent me a sweet note and said, I deserve to be happy and got me on a, a course to getting a therapist. And it was life changing for me. And I'm forever grateful to you for that. And I think this is your opportunity to be a Kristen in your friend's life. And you can be there and you can say, hey, if we're going to hang out, I don't want to drink, but also like, let me help you out in other ways as your best friend and you can set her on a path and it's up to her to take the reins and really like Mm -hmm. take the next step but you don't deserve to be a mom to your best friend but your best friend also needs a best friend she can lean on right now. I just want to correct one thing. I don't think that you deserve to be happy. (laughs) Okay. Well, it makes for better content if I'm not so you're welcome. It's a good thing you went to Kristen for that. (laughs) It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show. Oh, they make it look so easy on the news, right? Reading off the teleprompter, you would almost think the news anchors were like just doing it off the top of their head. It's much more difficult than that. It's a piece of cake. We've done this. Uh, we did this, excuse me, a long time ago, um, but we haven't done it since Abby has joined the show. So we're going to do the teleprompter challenge again. So our producer, Katie, has a computer with our scripts that we have written for each other. So Abby's going to go first. She is reading a script that she has yet to have seen, mm-hmm. and it was written by the one and only Burt Weiss. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'm nervous. All right, so there is an actual website where you just put your text in, and it will teleprompt correctly. Yep. Uh, and Katie, you're the one that is using the arrow button. Okay, so yeah, we have all written these for each other, and you were stuck with mine, okay? And mm-hmm. you have not seen it yet, so you are now on the set, and you are the news anchor getting this news. Okay, I'm ready. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. In an unexpected turn of events, researchers at the University of Florida have discovered a secret ingredient behind their notorious Gatorade. Apparently, it's a blend of frustration. Can we restart? I feel like... <laughs> That's really fast. Well, because, you're going super fast. Because the, they keep... It's, <laughs> we, it's we, moving. We, it, 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 I was trying to read it because it kept disappearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, and I was like, I'm trying to catch up. Somebody put like can, some, we, can we get a redo? <laughs> Someone put some cocaine in the teleprompter. <laughs> 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 it was All right, I'll read it. I'll read it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's... Let's slow her down. When I when I get past the first line, then press play. All right, All right Tommy, you, you want to hit it again? Okay. <laughs> Whoa! Stop what you're doing. <laughs> Breaking news now on the Bird Show. In an unexpected turn of events, researchers at the University of Florida have discovered the secret ingredient behind their notorious Gatorade. Apparently, it's a blend of frustration and confusion. Students report that attending classes feels like navigating a swamp with professors allegedly speaking in an ancient language known as complexity. In a recent study, it was found that the campus squirrels are more organized than some lecture schedules. In other news, the university's official mascot, the perpetually lost freshman, has won a nationwide competition for their impeccable ability to find every wrong classroom. Stay tuned for more.
more updates as students debate whether their camp is secretly a training ground for a reality show titled The Lost in Academia. The good news is that the floor, it's running out. The campus is undefeated. And <laughs> we still need to slow it down. Slow it down. Katie, you can, you can stop it by dragging it, I think. Yeah, that was way too that, fast. The, the, moving, by the I'm way, you. you crushed it with all those you complex did. words. It's our teleprompter um, producer. It that, just, or is it Tommy? <laughs> is it, the last two lines were my favorite. Can we at least get to those? Mm-hmm. It Rewind. sounded like she had less cocaine. That <laughs> wait, time. wait, stop. Okay. The good, after, after I finish football. Okay. The good news is that the Florida Gators football team is still undefeated, keeping enthusiasm high on campus. Oh, wait. This just in breaking news. You have lost to Kentucky this weekend. It's <laughs> not breaking news. We know it very well. It was breaking when I wrote it. Yeah. So thank you for being our teleprompter guinea pig, Abby. But good job with your big word. Uh, she reads. Yeah, that thing was going way too fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's dial that. Let's dial that. Speaking of which, do you guys listen to podcasts at all on like one and a half or two? Yeah. I do. You yeah. do? Okay. It's the only way I listen to them. People really? talk too slowly for me. I'm like, let's go, let's go. I'm the same way now. <laughs> All right, so Mo, I didn't use big complex words. I went a different route. Okay. Um, I'm not any less scared. <laughs> we ready? Ready. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. Good morning, I'm Risa Keynes, and this is your morning report. <laughs> I woke up with a tummy ache and spent approximately 30 minutes on the toilet. When I finally stood up, I discovered both my legs were asleep, and I immediately <laughs> fell down. Because I'm an introvert and I live alone. I laid there by myself with no one to assist me and contemplated all of my life choices. Once I regained feeling in my legs, I got up and pulled up my underwear and pants. <laughs> Thankfully, I wiped sitting down so no poo <laughs> was transferred to my clothing. It's going super slow. <laughs> I'm Reese again for WWWQ. Back to you, Bert. <laughs> Was it speeding up and then slowing down? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> I had to wait for it on mine. Tommy, are you messing with him, or is that really the, the timing of it? No, Katie's controlling it. Okay, yeah, this is all Katie. This Tommy just okay. like gave her the computer. Well done. Yeah, nice job, Reese again. Well Reese played. Reese again. <laughs> Okay, had I known the context of this challenge, I think I would have written my script a little bit more different. Yeah? I, it's still, like, quirky and fun, but I see where we're going with this. <laughs> oh, we can do it again. We can, we can do a redo. All right, so the computer okay. is now in front of Kristen. I wrote this one. That's, that's why I gave okay. the disclaimer. <clears throat> okay. Teleprompter on. Ready, Kristen? Yep. Whoa, stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. Good evening, and thank you for joining K-Slut's 6 o'clock news. I'm Kristen Klingchern. Our top story tonight, a rat that seduced her way out of a L'Oreal makeup warehouse. Our sources from The Onion say officials have released a warning that the six-inch-long, provocatively done-up rodent escaped the facility at approximately 8 p.m. last night. The rodent was last seen wearing a testing formulation of L'Oreal's 191664 rose wine lip shade when she, quote, dropped it low in front of an unsuspecting guard. The victim says he was distracted by her perfect pouty mouth and was bewitched into unlocking its cage and letting her escape. The L'Oreal CEO says the production of this product must be stopped immediately until the company determines how the rat was able to not only stun over a dozen officers with her craveable come-hither look. The CEO emphasized, we will not allow a lip color this sultry, this durable, this dangerous to be sold. In the meantime, The Onion is reporting that residents are encouraged to take extra precautions while out at night as the rat's no-smeared lip color stays flawless for up to 12 hours. Wow. Miriam. And that thing is hauling ass. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I gave fast telephone. <laughs> 
All right. Hey. So for Bert, let it literally get down to like three quarters and then start the teleprompter. So it's, it's not going to matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you write this one? Yeah. Okay. I'll put it right here. Oh, mm. Nice job, by the way, Abby. That's All what right. I do. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. Stop what you're doing. Breaking news now on The Bird Show. A grisly scene in the rural area of Aquaboke, New York over the weekend after a man came face to face with a Huhan Juntalus. <laughs> At first, the man thought it was a Nabucasasus, but turns out it was actually a Hubucatutalus. <laughs> easy mistake to make when it's clearly apparent seeing prehistoric animals from the late Cretaceous of Makachan, <laughs> western Mexico. The man was quickly rushed to the nearest doctor, which happened to be an Ali. Oh, no, no. The man of French descent spoke very little English and in an ignominious moment could only yell at the doctors in French, The Abjurnist thought it was a I can, I've lost it. It's something about ibuprofen at the moment. Very well done. Are these real words? Are these real words? Yes. They are. Everyone was a real word. <laughs> My San Diego State education has never seen any of that. <laughs> that is for sure. It is tougher than it looks. Yes, it is. It is. Much tougher. However, you're French. Impeccable, sir. Very, very good. You should have chosen another language. That was impressive. I think we got to try it again when we know that the teleprompter is working at the right angle uh-huh. and the right speed. Yes. That is difficult. It, it is very so. I think we should give more mad props to our local news uh, news anchors. we got to get Blake on here to do it again. Oh, oh yeah. doing it up in Nashville. That would be great. Thanks for listening. Get more Bird Show fix at thebirdshow.com or follow us on social media at The Bird Show.